Good day, dear listeners. Steve Freda here with the Management Blueprint Podcast. And today's guest is Charles Breck, the founder and CEO of Legislate, a tech company that makes it easy for non-lawyers to safely create, manage, and search lawyer-approved contracts on a no-legal budget. Wow, that sounds amazing. Welcome to the show, Charles. Thank you, Steve, for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And uh, you, I, I know that you probably hate hearing this, but you're one of the youngest mem- persons uh, that ever came to the show because I only invite CEOs and business owners. So congratulations for uh, being top 30 under 30, I guess. And uh, can you describe to us your entrepreneur journey, however short it has been, and how do you end up running a startup, you know, just after a handful of years out of college? Well, uh, yeah, it's it's an honor, Steve, to be, um, you know, one of your youngest guests. So I, yeah, I graduated from uni and straight away started, well, joined a startup. And at that time, I definitely didn't think I would be a founder straight away. Um, I always had the ambition of maybe having my own company, but I definitely, when I started, I didn't, I wouldn't know where to start. And I started in business development. I was finding clients for the company. And I always found the biggest challenge, not necessarily being finding clients, but actually getting contracts signed. And in two occasions, we actually lost contracts post negotiation because it had dragged on for so long that it was no longer a priority for the buyer or the buyer lost their budget. And it was extremely frustrating. And I just felt that if I stayed at that company, you know, even if it had only been three years, it would happen again. And I didn't want to waste any more energy or time, you know, finding clients if I can't actually close them because of contracts. Yeah. So I just want to interject that yeah. I have had this experience uh, as well that contracts can really kill deals. And uh, when I was an investment banker, we actually were really wary of, of lawyers who killed deals and we made, we took pains uh, to, uh, to partner with law firms who had a good business sense, who wanted to close the deal, who didn't just want to demonstrate a million ways of how they can pull a, a, a contract apart, but actually were constructive. And we also had to make sure that we picked attorneys who matched the other party, because if there was a big uh, big mismatch, then that could cause issues as well. So it was always about how do we take this deal as far as possible without being the, uh, the attorneys, involving the attorneys, uh, because there was always this ad- risk element of dragging things out. So, sorry, I didn't uh, want to interrupt you. So, carry on. Yeah. So, no, that's exactly you know what was happening with us. And if you think about a contract, a contract creates friction by design because you need lawyers or people with legal expertise to safely negotiate it, make the amendments, um, and and you know sign it off. But if you're not a lawyer, which is the case for most business users, then you're really dependent on lawyers. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really scale very well. And, and in my case, it was why we were losing the contracts. So maybe naively, I thought that I could solve this problem and for, you know, I need to start a company to make contracts machine readable so that we don't need to get lawyers involved at every single step. And me, the business user, I can, in a safe way, create contracts, get them signed, and then post-signature access the data in the contracts, because that in itself is, I'd say, where a lot of energy post-contract signature is is wasted is in 
extracting payment terms, matching them to sending them to finance, sending details about the implementation to customer success. There's just a lot of energy which is wasted on extracting, sending data, and no one really ever does it has ever really done it properly. So that's also a, another key part of the problem that we're solving is making that data usable and shareable within the business. So isn't that the main problem that you're solving, the, the shareability of data, or are you also making contracts somehow easier to negotiate? So we're doing both. I'd say where my personal view is that the most value is on the data side of the business. But in terms of our actual contracts and the templates, we source them from the same libraries that law firms will source their templates from. But what we then do is we parameterize the agreements based on parameters which actually make sense. And then we simplify the options and the language so that the, the contracts are easy to understand, but very standard. Because another thing, usually when you do engage a lawyer to work with you, they will always bias the agreement in your favor, which is great for you, but realistically is not where you end up post-negotiation. Whereas our approach is to start in the middle from the beginning, which means that there really shouldn't be any negotiation of the actual language. And on top of that, we simplify the language, which means that business users who read the contract actually understand what they're signing up for. So they're less dependent on their lawyers to explain why they should have this or why they shouldn't have this because the contracts are easier to understand. I love it. So basically you say that there is more benefits to be gained by having a, a fast closure, a win-win closure with the counterpart than perhaps negotiating better terms than the counterpart would be able to do. So it's kind of a armistice agreement that say, okay, we leave our lawyers at home and we're gonna do this uh, on a handshake basis or basically on reasonable terms. So, so does it mean that a legislate contract will bear the pledge of, of approval of a reasonable business actor? So if people choose something from legislate that it's an already negotiated, the most reasonable contract for both parties and, and people can rely on signing this because it's a neutral contract? Exactly. That's what we're trying to do. If someone wants to change the actual language of the contract, well, they can't actually do that within Legislate. They can contact us and explain why maybe something needs to be changed, but we would add an option if it was not covered already in the contract, or we'd explain why what they're requesting is unreasonable or not possible. So I appreciate that right now, you know, it doesn't necessarily fit all businesses, but I'd say for 90% of businesses and 90% of the contracts that they create, this is a great solution to create contracts without faffing around. I love it because ultimately uh, contracts are there to create certainty and protection to people. It's not there to essentially pull a fast one on the other party, right? Because that destroys trust in the long term. And there are companies that make their living on basically play, making a power play because they are maybe in a position that they are bigger, they have more deeper pockets, they can pay for, for more expensive lawyers. They're going to create contracts which are one-sided and they, you know, they want to get away with it and want to have an advantage. And, and I love that you kind of democratize this and say, okay, this solution is for people who don't want to abuse contracts, who just want to use them for the proper use, basically. 
I, I love that. So what are the opportunities? I mean, this, this could be a huge uh, opportunity for, for a business to essentially scale with reasonable contract and build you know, relationships on a, on a fair basis with other parties. So what do you recommend um, if I'm a business owner, I'm starting this business, or maybe I'm in, in an early stage and I'm getting out of this position where I'm working in the business, I start to work on the business, I start to build a leadership team, and I realize that now we are becoming a real business. I want to kind of handle my contractual issues and, and kind of have a starting package of all the most important contracts that I need in the business. Do you offer that? And what would that look like? Absolutely. So I think there's no secret source. I think the earlier you start with good contracts or a system like Legislate, the, the more you'll save in time and money down the line on, in our case, legal, because, you know, even if you just have one employee, you want to have the right employment contract to protect, you know, your business. You don't want your employee leaving and soliciting your customers. You know, you don't want them developing a competing product. And if you have just hired an employee on a handshake, you don't have that protection. So even if you are very early stage, you should have, you know, start with your internal agreements, make sure that they're covered. And then, you know, as you, as you grow, then you want to, you know, use, for example, confidentiality agreements to whenever you are discussing with partners, um, any potential partnerships or engagements uh, or even clients. So, so I think it's, it might seem like an additional piece of friction to create that contract, but if you are using a system like Legislate, the friction of creating the contract goes away. Yeah, I love that. So other than employment agreements, what kind of other agreements lend themselves for, for legis- being legislated, I guess? Um, yeah. So right now, you know, we're, we're still very early stage, so we're typically going after contracts that wouldn't necessarily require much negotiation. So where we have customers outside of employment, they will be working, for example, they've got maybe a terms of business agreement, which is specific to their business, but there are lots of parameters and data points that they need to track. We also work with recruitment recruiters who need their own terms of business agreements. We work in property with landlords and letting agents. So those are our areas of focus. Uh, We also work with freelancers, consultants, any, any contract which you know, requires some tailoring, but not too much negotiation is the sweet spot right now. And we are growing our legal team so that we can, you know, add more contracts more regularly, but we've also been growing quite organically with our clients. So we've started with employment and property. We've got clients in those two industries and based on their requirements, they'll say, well, we need this new contract. We need this new document. We need this new letter. Really, we want all our, we want our clients to be able to create all their contracts, all their documents in one place so that they just have that compliance as a service by having all their documents in one place. That's really interesting. So you, you are based in Oxford, UK, right? You're, you're in, the, in the UK. So I assume that your default law is English law? perhaps, or, or common law or whatever it is? So, so right now that's the case, but over the next 12 months, we will be expanding internationally into other jurisdictions, including the US. So how, does, how do these contracts translate to different jurisdictions? Is it going to be pretty much the same thing because these are basic ideas uh, and you just need to put some language referencing uh, that different jurisdiction? Or is it international law? Um, 
how do you translate these these agreements and, and what happens if the two parties are in different uh, jurisdictions so maybe the the easier question is around the jurisdictions again this isn't legal advice but you would usually choose a jurisdiction based on what happens if something goes wrong with a contract and if ever you need to go to court because the jurisdiction the laws will ultimately define the, the procedure and you need to have faith in that jurisdiction that you can trust the legal system um so if, you know uh, again for example you wouldn't necessarily want to do a contract under north korean law uh you know <laughs> as a as a very absurd example so so i say that the jurisdiction is is definitely something where you might have a client in a different state and you know as long as you have confidence and faith in that state then the, there shouldn't really be a an issue with working that jurisdiction the other thing about jurisdictions is if for example it's a foreign jurisdiction then you might want to ask for translation costs or you know some some protection because it's maybe there's there's a different language that you you speak so so i'd say the the jurisdiction aspect is is more of a strategic and to a certain extent personal decision but when it comes to legislate and how we plan to enter all these jurisdictions from a technological perspective there isn't it isn't really a, a bottleneck or an issue our technology the way it works is we upload a template we adapt it with the parameters and integrate it so that our knowledge graph can make those parameters searchable and the data searchable but the bottleneck for us really is on the legal side so our legal team needs to be qualified to review those templates and even if as a company we don't give legal advice we owe our users and customers a duty of care that their contracts are good and lawyer approved so i'd say i reckon when we do expand into the us and into other jurisdictions we will either partner with local law firms or local lawyers who can help us you know certify that these contracts are good i think the other way we're going to partner and and scale our templates in different jurisdictions is also by working with early adopter customers in those jurisdictions because not only you know is it important to have a contract which is lawyer approved but it's important to have a contract which meets real world you know requirements which are not often you know things that lawyers think about so that's why we really like whenever we add a new contract to the platform to have that early adopter who will provide us the feedback explain what's reasonable what's standard what's market standard so that we end up creating a contract which actually meets their requirements very interesting so basically you are going to leverage legal firms in different jurisdictions so you're going to make sure that they are um valid and and fully working and maybe at some point you'll you'll have the optionality on on the legislate website for people to choose okay i want a cross border contract between virginia and massachusetts or virginia and england and um, you know give me give me a template that is optimized for these cross jurisdictional relationship where perhaps the employee is in virginia but the company is in england and and how that might work absolutely Yeah, love it, love it. So, going a step further, so I understand that basically the you're starting from a pretty plain situation where someone needs to hire people and hire contractors and have vendors and maybe lease a piece of property for the office or for for the factory or whatever what is it, whatever it is. 
But then these companies are going to grow and then they maybe are going to enter some M&A. They're going to acquire another company or sell a business or they're going to divest some things. They could get into more trickier situations. They will develop intellectual property that they are going to license to other people or start a franchise. So how how do you see uh, this concept being able to expand to cover other areas? Yeah, so on the you know topic of due diligence, using Legislate as a business owner really makes due diligence really easy and really quick because contracts are standardized, you know what they contain, and you know, we can automatically generate, you know, the, the typical MA spreadsheets where you know you have what's in the contract, yes, no, etc. So that's that's one aspect which we really simplify. I feel like in terms of you know, how do we enter maybe the, the domains or uh, areas of contracts where there are, is negotiation, I really feel like it will be by partnering with maybe some of the players that have influence and power. So for example, partnering with a big corporate and doing all their supply agreements, because that's a great way of all of a sudden getting a bunch of vendors on Legislate. So so I think it, it's, it's really, as soon as we kind of get more and more market adoption and become more of a standard, using Legislate will be questioned a bit less if that makes sense and it, you, even if we for example we do have some customers who use legislate even if they are doing some contracts which need to be negotiated for example software license agreements we have some customers that have software license agreements on legislate these are contracts which are negotiated however it can also be used by our customers as a way of saying to their own clients look you can either go through the three-month negotiation route with our lawyers, or we can sign a contract today using Legislate. And I feel like, you know, not everyone will want to, you know, do that, but enough people will that in time Legislate can become a standard and we can really just do a bunch of contracts, which maybe today would, would not even be, you know, thinkable. It's interesting this, this is an interesting challenge because when you deal with big companies that have power of size and market position, they tend to want to have uh, contracts with the smaller suppliers, perhaps, that mm-hmm. favors them. An example could be retail, you know, food retailers who often have very long payment periods with small, small uh, producers, but because they own the brand, they white label the products, they can replace them easily, so they can force them. And in, in my uh, you know, past as an investment banker, we represented some of these uh, people that basically were in a very difficult position because they couldn't build their business because their, the payment terms were so onerous that they could not grow. They couldn't finance the growth of their business and they regularly went out of business. And so my, my question is, how are you gonna be able to hold these companies to more uh, middle positions when they already have the one-sided contracts? How do you bring them on and convince them that, hey, it's in your interest to be more reasonable with these contracts and be on legislative? What's going to be your argument there? Well, I I think the first argument is if by using legislate, they have access to the data. And when you have access to the data, you can justify payment terms. You can justify, you know, what's reasonable or not reasonable. So I do think that maybe, and this is just a, a, an opinion, but if they've adopted 
payment terms or any contractual term which favors them, it's out of, you know, yes, it's maybe because they can, but it's also maybe to manage a risk or, or part of the business that ultimately if they had the data, that maybe having the data is is gives them a better clarity of what that risk actually is. And maybe they can choose payment terms which make more sense. Okay, yeah, that's the, maybe maybe that is the case. So let's switch gears. We are getting to the close to the uh, to the recording. I'd like to ask you kind of more of a strategic questions. Uh, you know, I love to explore with with uh, other businesses what the strategy is, and and there's this concept of the single phrase strategy, which which distills down your strategy into a single concept that everyone in the company understands, and then they can action it on a daily basis. And an example could be maybe MasterCard who came up with this idea that being in the credit card transaction business is super competitive, but only about 15% of all transactions go through credit cards. So why not go and try to capture more of the market outside of that? And they call it kill cash. So their one phrase strategy is kill cash and convert cash into credit card transaction. And another example could be IKEA who have this flat pack concept. So if the furniture can be dissembled, put it in a flat package, fits in your the boot of your car, that's the kind of furniture they want to sell and everyone understands uh, what it requires. So given this concept, how would you articulate your strategy, your one phrase strategy for legislative? Kill paper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very not very original, but uh, but makes sense. Well, I, I, I didn't want to say kill lawyers, but, but I don't think that would be uh, you know suitable for the podcast because you know in, in all fairness, we're not trying to replace lawyers. We're trying to empower business users or help lawyers delegate to business users the the type of negotiational generation of contracts that lawyers don't actually enjoy doing because it's very tedious it's low value and lawyers are much better at advising on you know what what should you do as a business in this specific situation yeah no i completely agree i mean same, same thing happens with the accountants you know bookkeeping is great but it's not at high value and if you think about how to you know, maybe how to plan your business, how to manage uh, the business. Uh, it's a much better job for accountants to do and much more intellectually challenging. So killing paper means that uh, standardizing contracts and kill unnecessary negotiations, I guess, and and paper shuffling, where you can get to a good solution and move your business forward and not be uh, tied down by administrative trivia negotiation. Yeah, and- and then killing killing unstructured data at the end of the day, because when data is unstructured, it requires humans in the loop to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And by making contract machine readable, then you can really open up contracts. Okay, so so I'll explain a little bit more. What does it mean opening up a contract? So if you think about what open banking has done, you know, it's created fintech, it's created you know, neobanks, it's created, you know, money apps. How? Because with APIs, they can connect to bank accounts and they can, you know, communicate between bank accounts and send money from A to B. If you think about a contract, that's not possible or that's not been possible to date because contracts are either in paper or PDF form, which by definition is unstructured and requires 
a lawyer in the loop to process that data or process, do anything with that data or a human, you know, a clerk to, to review and get that data. So at, with Legislate, our focus is making contracts machine readable so that not only can that data be, you know, stored for our clients so that they can answer questions like how many employees are on a 30-day notice period, but we can also start to offer services based on the data in those contracts. So, for example, a landlord can collect rent or collect deposits, you know, based on the data in the contracts, we can automate that. When you're hiring an employee, we can automatically connect payroll, pensions, insurance, benefits, because all of all of those services are described in the contracts. But right now, it requires someone to manually set those up. So when we talk about open contracts, it's facilitating that communication because we have access to the data. I love that. That's huge. So probably we could have another uh, episode on the implications of that. But uh, for now, uh, this is what the episode is going to be about. So if you want to legislate your business and you want to make it have open contracts that are easy to make and then the information can be used electronically to cut down on administration and grow your business and definitely check out Legislate. So where can people find you guys and, and you personally as well if they want to learn more? So our website may be the best, best place, www.legislate.tech. And we can be found on LinkedIn. I can be found on LinkedIn. Just search my name and there aren't that many Charles Brecks in the world. <laughs> No, and uh, and we, we spoke with the the top the top one, the youngest entrepreneur. Probably you're the youngest uh, CEO uh, as a Charles Breck as well. So congratulations uh, for that, and thanks for coming on the show and sharing a really interesting management blueprint which you can use to to grow your company faster, cheaper, with less uh, noise and less administrative hassle. So. Do check out the show notes and do check out Charles Bragg's website. And if you like what you heard today, then stay tuned for next week because I'll bring another exciting entrepreneur onto the show to explain their management blueprint. Thank you, Charles, for coming on the show.